Hello. You got the one catfish Kenny. Broadcast is now in the air. Glad to be here with you friends. Looking for sponsors. Looking for people that will sponsor my podcast. By investing little or no money. We're brought to you by Anchor Podcasting. www.anchor.com For those who really love podcasting. Get on it. If you're not on it, you need to click that. Anchor.com Follow the prompts. You'll be in and on uh, podcasting. And probably you'll have so much fun, you'll be there all evening. But don't get fired. And don't miss school. Don't let don't get in trouble with your life, with your wife, excuse me. But Dr. Wayne Cobb Jr. and Grant Fowler, the two best optometrists in Northwest Alabama. They have a fine professional staff to back them up. Hamilton Vision, Eye Care Center. Hamilton, Alabama, that's one and a half hours west on I-22. But I care for the entire family, including Joe Mack, the pet mule. Right, that's what it says. Appointments 1205-921-5499. Are you in the need? Are you in the market for a clean, dependable, previously owned car or truck? How do you know that? Well, in many ways, the car smokes more than you do. I'm kidding. Please don't smoke. I don't want to hurt your feelings about your car or truck. If you need trading and don't know how, well, you know how, but can't afford it. Hey, Logan and Logan Auto Sales knows they've got several financing plans. One's bound to fit you. They'd love to have your business. They're also located in Hamilton. All you need to do is call one. Two zero five nine five two nine one one zero, and if you tell people that you call Logan Logan Auto Sales, if you tell that you heard this from Catfish Kenny's podcast, ask Sean Logan, the sales manager. He will knock off two hundred dollars if you buy or trade today. I'll make it this, the rest of the week, okay? It's nearing vacation time and spring break time. No place like Panama City, Florida, of course. If you if, if you go on vacation or spring break during this time, you can't forget about the treasure box by CNM in Panama City. Chris, Michelle, and Drew Malden, they run and operate the place. And they love serving people. That's all you say about them. They love folks. They're on 1711 Davis Drive, Panama City. If you're in the market for an unusual gift that, I mean, one that people will love, uh, they make great graduation gifts, weddings, anniversaries. You need to go by or call Treasure Box. Matter of fact, call this number. I'm about to tell you. I saw a presentation last night from Michelle Maldwin, the co-owner of the Treasure Box. And if you'll call her, tell her what you want, and 
she'll help you find it. She'll ship it free. You heard me right. Ship it free and she'll, you can give her your credit card number or whatever, however you, however you do it. I don't know. The number's this, write it down. 1-850-249-1388. You know, I should be able to memorize my anchor and all my good sponsors, which I'm looking for more. Can never have too many sponsors in my life, can you? Thanks to my appreciated sponsors, uh, the ones I just talked about, my much appreciated followers. I love all of you. If you want, if you want to get other people to join and be a follower, that's fine. I just hope I can make you happy. What little time I've got left on today's broadcast duty. I touched on it several shows ago. I think I'll devote the entire show today about what it's like to be born in rural, the rural South in the early 50s. This is not a fairy tale. The little boy and girl are not blonde, blue-eyed, going hand-in-hand in, hand in, in, in valleys of daisies and skipping and singing and the bluebirds don't uh, hold the fly above their head and chirping. No, I'm sorry. This is real life. Real life is many times not funny, but painful, frustrating, and depressing. Am I putting down the South? No. Or any other part of the South, any other part of the United States. I'm proud to tell you that I was born in the South. 1953 to be exact. Rest his soul, I had the best doctor for any kind of medical problem or need. Dr. Hobson Manasco. If you're in Winston County and you're listening to this, rest his soul. There's no telling that the souls he touched. Okay, I came out of the world. Excuse me, stop, stop, stop. I came out of my mother's womb and didn't really want to come out. I wanted to stay. Life don't have it like that all the whole time. So, here I am. Completely dependent on my mom and dad and sister at that time. Living in the back roads, back sticks of Hamilton, Alabama. No bad reflection of Hamilton. In 1953, Hamilton was a booming town. And it still is. If you've ever had to sleep and you was go you was afraid to go to sleep in a wooden house that you was afraid the walls would fall on you, that's the South. That's the real South. That's real rural Alabama. No reflection on my lovely state. My dad did the best he could. He sharecropped. He would sometimes, on his own, do farms, raise corn and cotton to feed us and him and my mother, sister. I'm not ashamed of that. I guess sometimes I get a little frustrated when I think back on this. Oh, I had some great times. I never had any playmates. When my sister went to school. My dad was working for someone out of town, sharecropping or 
working in his uh, field. My mother, she was a stereotypical housewife, wonderful woman. She knew front and back how to run a house efficiently, and boy, could she cook, let me tell you, the rest of her soul too, and my sister and dad. I say that because I mean it. I'd play out in the yard most of the day. I knew when uh, dinner time came, which is actually supper in rural terminology, because her cooking aroma would drift out, waft, you know, waft out in the yard, drift. I'd run in the house and say, is it ready? She'd like say, almost. Go wash your hands. That stuck with me. I don't like to eat without washing my hands. I know there's a reference in the Bible about that, but that was one of the Pharisees' rituals. Not necessarily to wash hands, but they wanted to adhere to the law. Okay. We're now getting the dinner. Our rent was like $10 a month, and in 1953, $10 was like it is 1000 today. Our part of the country, Northeast Alabama, the only prosperity that I'll tell you about is all I've seen and, and watched. That was logging, men and women, excuse me, excuse me, I'm sorry, men who love to go in the woods and cut down trees, put the finished trees, limbs cut off on trucks, taken to some sawmill somewhere and, and men got paid per load and a lot of men made their living like that the ones who didn't have equipment enough to pull the tree the logs out of it, guess what they used mules mule power they had one or two that hook up to change the log give the mule a command and there they go and this for loading I really don't know but I'm sure if the man had a helper. They cut the log just heavy enough for, for two men to uh, load. Hot, yes, it was hot. Even in the winter time, when they could work, most of they did spring and summer, where there's no air stirring. They called it pine thickets. My brother-in-law was doing this one year. He was working at a major industry out of town but worked cutting pulp wood they call it cutting pine wood for paper he was carrying it to a place in hamilton called wt big lumber company it's it's been out of business years ago he took his saw put his truck in there and got too hot because in the thicket there was no air breezes coming around he drank his water, but it didn't help. He had to leave. He didn't panic. He got back in the air and rested. So I don't know if this applies to you. Young men or young women, if you've got an idea that you want to go into logging business, uh, let me tell you what to watch. I don't know if it's Discovery or whatever. Swamp loggers. Listen to how much the logging today cost. Just the equipment. You're going to have to have money like 
12, 13 million dollars in the bank. And that's just for two pieces of equipment. And if you want a major logging company, you got to hire loggers. That's more money you got to spend. And to make money, you've got to keep the men cutting, hauling. I'm called the daylight till dark. It's hard work. That's what America was founded on. I'm old fashioned, won't apologize. Mostly hard work built our country with backbone, sweat, obedience, and a not, not dying attitude. Actually, I'm proud of our country. I love it, don't you? Back to rural, seen through my eyes. My family and I never knew what Christmas was. We had a tree and ornaments, and that was fine with me. I don't know if my parents ever got me anything for Christmas. They did, it was a, a little car or something like that, and I was happy as a lark. You see, when you don't have something, and not, you'll not miss it. It's better to be that way than have it, lose it, then you're hurt. I'd play out in the dirt, my backyard. I'd make hills and roads. Had a great time. Had my two best friends was my two dogs, Frank and Button. And they stayed right with me. And uh, I went wherever the, they went wherever I went. They took care of me and I miss them. Okay, let's see. Now we lived on a gravel road that ran through pines and woods to one of the highways that led back to Hamilton. My dad and mom would go there maybe twice a month to buy groceries. I went, and sometimes I'd go with my mom into a store called the Yellow Front in Hamilton. It's the equivalent of Food World today. I'd walk in there and my eyes so wide with excitement. I didn't see anything I wanted then their toys didn't see. Yellow Front didn't stock toys or cap guns or electric trains, but they did stock some kind of great food, great meats, and clothing, believe it or not. One side was pure clothing for men, women, and teenagers, kids. First time I've ever had that. And on the front of this store, not Yellow Front, there's a little place in the on the side of the window outside, a little cement ledge. Well, the older gentlemen would congregate sitting there, that chewing their tobacco, dipping their smut, dipping their snuff, smoking their cigarettes and chatting, talking, telling ugly jokes, making wisecracks. And then also gawk, that means ogle. The pretty women that happened to walk down the sidewalk, and there were a lot of them. Not a one of them was wearing pants. That's how I went, uh, grew up in the South, rural Northwest Alabama. They all wore those uh, blowing dresses that was to the knee. None of them were really revealing, but uh, their hair and their smile, they didn't do it for the old guys. They just wanted, I believe the women liked 
have attention. They knew that these old men couldn't hurt them. I don't want to get off into that. At these times, I sat in my dad's truck, and I didn't want to get out. I wanted to stay right where I was comfortable, inside the confines of a 55 Chevy pickup. Wish I had one right now in mint condition. If you have one you want to donate to me, I'll gladly take it. Um, long about 1961, my dad uh, had talked to a woman still in northwest Alabama, but about um, north, northwest, more more northwest. Now, this widow woman whose husband had died, leaving her this big farm to tend, she couldn't do it all. Her sons and daughter had married long since and moved off. In came my dad. And he uh, ran her farm, made the best crops, and made money for her and him. I was honored to uh, help my dad and this colorful man called Curtis Glenn. His, his wife consisted of colorful jokes off color he was one of the people that did uh, sharecrop helpers me and Curtis daddy would pull corn make piles in the, call it middles, the middle between two rows me and Curtis would jump on each pile throw them into dad's trailer and by day's end that trailer was full of corn and um, did my dad ever pay me? No, I didn't ask for it. He let me drive the tractor when I was at seven. He did, he trusted me at seven. Because there wasn't much to it except letting the clutch out and moving on down to this pile, pushing the clutch down and the brake. Okay, we lived in a, let's see, living room, bedroom, kitchen and side room. A big house that I'm sure that the widow woman and her husband once owned. Well, they owned it then because we had to pay rent on it. Had a big fireplace, just one. Most valuable part of the house besides the kitchen. My dad, when it was not farming time, say, after the harvest in October, November, December, and January, I'll get to hog killing in a minute. My dad would hit the woods, cut firewood to help stock the fireplace. Many is the cold winter nights that I've stood when I was little, warm myself, and hoped I'd stay warm underneath the cover. If I did or not, I dreaded the next morning because I was made to go to school. A little two-room schoolhouse called uh, New Home School. Norman Rockwell, I've said on occasion, I think he lived there. A man and woman team of teachers. The man taught and was principal. His wife taught first through third grade. Her husband taught fourth, fifth, and sixth. They had graduation service where the sixth graders had to rehearse a speech that they had to write. Yep, oh yes, we worked. But our, what made me feel so better is 
most of the people in this school room, school rooms, was from the same cut of cloth I was. We didn't have anything fancy, didn't live in a fancy home, own a fancy car, wear fancy clothes. But what we had was our best. That's all that counted. And then, um, one of the times my, my dad and mom moved, and by this time my sister was long married and in the process of having kids. So it was just me and dad and mom. We lived in two different places. And I was, I was going, I went back to New Home. I moved once, left there and went back. Next time I was thrown into the city school system in 1960, 61 or two. Second grade was murder. Rest her soul, we had a teacher by the name of Ruth Lockridge. She was way past, you know, retirement. And so many of the time, she'd start letting us study, then she'd fall asleep. You think any of us awoke, waking her? No, we weren't that dumb. We enjoyed the quiet time and her not giving orders to us. But school time, I'll tell you the truth, you had a combination of the class system of haves and haves not. Guess which one I was in. It certainly went to ha- haves because I was a have not. Most of my friends were have nots. And that fact was always reminded of us each passing day that we went to this Hamilton Grammar School. Talk about jokes insults, torments by the city school kids because their dad was on the school board. Their parents was influential in the town. So the teachers knew not to uh, punish the city kids for making fun of us in person. We had to bear and take it. I thought that after sixth grade, we'd grown out of that. No, fired back up in 67 junior high. The class system was the permanent system. 68, 69, 71, and 2 to my graduation in 72. I kept reminding myself, I'm not ashamed of being rural. My parents both worked, one in a machine shop out of town, and my mother worked in a garment factory out of town. It was a case I have to rent groceries, utilities, but still, we didn't forget those roots. I know what it's like to not have toys to play with. You do too. I made up things from my imagination. Like my, my sister, the husband bought a Zenith black and white TV at that place where I was standing about. And first time I saw something, I hit the floor on my my stomach watching it. I watched Rawhide. I watched uh, Perry, Perry Mason, Tightrope, uh, the Rory Rogers Show, and the Saturday uh, Mattel fun, Sunday Funnies or something. It's hilarious. But you know, TV you can like it too much. 
So my mom would get pretty stern. She'd tell me, go outside. You don't need to lay here all the time. Well, that habit has never been broke because even as an adult, I love TV. I guess that's when my sister and husband married. No, they married already. But he uh, was building a house, had it built by Jim Walter Company. It's now defunct. But when they moved into the new house, out went the TV. All I had for entertainment was radio and my imagination. Let me tell you briefly about a hog killing. When the weather is so cold, you can't stand it. People, including my dad, would buy these piglets, raise them, fatten them up, kill them. And that's I don't want to talk about. The man, my dad, whoever did it, and his neighbors would get together on my dad's time one time to dress these hogs. That didn't mean put clothes on them. Slice the meat off and share it. And it was something. There was This was done all day. Mama, all the people, they had to scald the hair off of the hog's body. I was, I felt sad for the hog. And uh, you've heard the term hog heaven. Well, I'm sure a lot of hogs are enjoying that place now. Well, let me tell you, my dad knew how to smoke meat in a smokehouse with smoldering hickory chips. I can smell it now. But after high school, I thought that the rural roots would be gone. I'm 68, and they've only grown. I'll probably, until I pass this walk of life, I'll never have that out of my memories or the scars that was put on us for being just who we were and where we are. I won't answer for that, thank God. And thank God for my followers. If you have any suggestions how to improve this or complain, call 1-205-921-4159. Write me at Catfish Kenny, Pill Box 201, Hamilton, Alabama. 355700. My email is gnxy21, the letter O at yahoo.com. Everybody have a, have a safe and peaceful evening. Again, thanks again. Peace.